Hello there, my name's Neil David and I'm the host of Eurograps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapsEXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. I'll start with a non-wrestling death and a wrestling death. Attention must be paid. The great Alan Arkin dying earlier today at the age oh. of 89. Oh. One of my favorites because he's one of those guys. He trained at Second City in Chicago, and he was a comedic actor who then got to transition to dramatic roles, which is always the dream, I think, for a lot of people who do comedy. It was for me <laughs> in many ways. Um Personal favorites of mine, I, I love After Dark, My Sweet. He is just absolutely fantastic as as uh, as basically a hippie killer in that one. He is 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 great. Um, I'm partial to some of his supporting roles and things like uh, I, I love Indian Summer, which is isn't the best movie in the world, but it's a it's the kind of movie that appeals to my nostalgic sensibilities. Uh, Catch Twenty Two. Um, he's awesome in that in in the movie version of that. Yeah, I, I was going to say that uh, for years, uh, my avatar on like Skype and older uh, chat services and stuff was Alan Arkin as Yosarian know, giving the middle finger and yeah, as, yeah, like that. That's some good stuff. A lot of people like Little Miss Sunshine. I never saw it. I know he no, won he's an really Academy good Award for it. Yeah, he's really good. It, in it's that. just too much. I mean, at that point, it was just too much of the indie-rific whimsy for me that I just didn't ever want to watch Little Miss Sunshine, but he was great in that. He's just one of those great drawl, whatever. I'll tell you what to go look up, which is amazing in some ways, is watch it, watch him on the Muppet Show, the early version. <laughs> he's absolutely fantastic. And he's doing a bit throughout the entire thing where he's, where he's drank this, this concoction that has turned him to a monster. So he'll go from Jekyll to Hyde throughout the entire show. It's a fantastic bit. Um, He's also wonderfully understated in the movie version of Glengarry Glenn Ross, which also appeals to me because I once did Glengarry Glenn Ross. And, you know, as a, he plays George Aaron now in that, who is basically kind of a weak schlub to the, uh, to the, to the Moss character um, in that, who's played by Ed Harris in the, uh, in the film version. uh, Just, of course, Argo. (laughs) Do you see Argo? I have not. Okay. 
he steals Argo out from everybody in that with one line. And if you haven't heard the line, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it involves the, uh, it also has the title of a film in the line. But uh, yeah, he's a great actor. Uh, go watch some Alan Arkin this weekend. Uh, also, but it, transitioning over to wrestling news earlier today, Darren Drozdoff, a.k.a. Droz, died at the age of 54. Um, former football player at the University of Maryland. Um, that's where I actually knew of him from because he was in the very first game that I was at at the University of Virginia. He We played Maryland in our opener that year. And Drozdoff was a linebacker on the other side, and he was he was just an absolute beast. Uh, better known as Puke in the WWE, um, and made famous by, of course, that Beyond the Mat segment where uh, he has a meeting with Vincent Shane, and they want him to puke on Q because he had gotten a lot of play, especially on ESPN and other sports things, where he would get so excited on the field uh, he, he had been a linebacker for, I believe, the Broncos for a couple of years. I think he did a year in the CFL. But that he would puke because of, you know, the adrenaline and the nerves and all that stuff. And he would do that to calm down. But it, but his big thing was he could puke on command. So, of course, in this segment, if you haven't seen Beyond the Mat, uh, we did a we – actually, we released audio on it, too, during the pandemic. We did uh, – Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, um, and that's one of our better shows, in my opinion. I mean, Chris, you know, finally got into gear and did something on it. Hey, look, I don't always <laughs> own it in. That that was that was at a point in time where I gave a crap. And <laughs> thanks, and it, you know what? I I commend myself <laughs> th- for going through the motions every week. Ninety percent of this podcast is showing up. Anyways. It's showing up. Yeah, right. sure. Why not? Hey, come uh, on now. It's your boy uh, Novi. Let's not hate. Uh, he was made one third of the Road Warriors, or he was made a new Road Warrior somewhere in there, which wasn't great. Um, of course, career ended prematurely after a uh, power bomb from uh, D'Lo Brown, which affected both his careers. But I mean, he is paralyzed from the neck down. He needed twenty four hour a day um uh care after the accident you know worked for bite this did some stuff for wwe magazine i believe um but always kept an upbeat attitude about the whole thing which was always commendable to me um absolute tragedy on that point died of natural causes at the age of 54 are you too young to remember draws at all no i okay. i'm actually the the age where i basically was you know young kid peak wrestling watching at that point right um, so if you are I too won't. young the modern day comparison i might make in some ways uh mojo raleigh would that be a good one a little bit, yeah. Okay, um, okay. So no, I, I basically saw all of his run in WWF. And uh, yeah, it was really unfortunate when he got paralyzed. Uh, he, he, was, he was a promising athlete. He wasn't amazing, but like he, he, was, he was promising. In wrestling, he wasn't amazing, but watching him on the football field, he was amazing at that. I mean, he was just all over the field to the point where they would use him as a example in training films uh, when scouting him. He was just... Uh, I mean, he he's just monster speed and everything. Yeah. Um. Look, there, there's no. I mean, <laughs> if you ask me, what's a great draws match to watch? I can't get there. Um. Because again, it, it's one of those things. He's one of those guys who was solid but not terribly spectacular. 
as a wrestler. Uh, but he did have the athleticism to become in the WWF, and he had the personality to get to the dance. And, and, as and much, the look. He, he had yeah. a look, too. I, I mean, he had... You know who say... he looked like? I, this this might be too arcane a reference for you. But if you ever watched the movie PCU, he looked exactly like John Favreau's character in that movie. It's funny. This is the second time today, today that PCU has come up. Actually. Oh, that's it? It's really, really weird. Yes. One of the greatest screenplays ever written. The movie doesn't know justice, but it was one of those things where I was at NYU when it got released, I believe. And the guy who, one of the co-writers was NYU. So I was in the library. So I read the script and <laughs> it was far more crass than anything that made that, that the screen on there. I mean, they really kind of dummied that thing down, but uh, why did it come up in your conversation? Let's go on a tangent here. So, I was out at dinner a couple of weeks ago and we were at like a nice restaurant, like an outdoor ranchy thing. And we were walking back to the car and like about, I don't know, 50, 75 feet, at least open air from the door. And <laughs> Mikhail, Mikhail lights a cigarette. And all of a sudden, this nerdy guy like comes out and goes, excuse me, I've had complaints about the smell of smoke coming from over here. Like, we oh. just lit the cigarette. Like, but he had this whole like, very uptight David Spade like okay. track. Yeah. Well, then, I, I, I thought it was going to go the other way because at PCU, the, the bus with the Parliament Funkadelic shows up on campus, you know, for the big uh, for the big party outside where. The flyers say every, the name of the band. Everyone gets laid, and the, uh, yeah, um, and of course, all this pot smoke comes out of the bus. I thought we were headed towards that, but we head towards the opposite way. No, we're at we're at like a wine vineyard where we just like you know had a <laughs> not cheap bottle of wine. Okay. Yeah, so you know, I did think having a cigarette on the way back to the car was uh you know, beyond the pale, but apparently it was uh, somehow managing to travel vast distances through open air. I mean, the, the largest uh, grasp in that movie is the fact that Jeremy Piven still has his old hairline in it, and he's playing a kid who's like 23, 24, and he looks about 38. <laughs> uh, it's not a good movie. Anyways, uh, uh, moving on. Um, Forbidden Door, Daniel, or Daniel Bryanson. Brian Danielson breaking his arm in the middle of that uh, Okada match uh, about 10 minutes in. Breaks his arm, completes for the rest of the match. Uh, scheduled Unreal. to be out. For, scheduled to be out for two months, but that match was still pretty great. We'll get into ice cold thoughts in the in the lazy river for for Ben Door, but um, bit of a hiccup in plans. He was scheduled to fight Ishii on on uh, Dynamite this past Wednesday. Also, plans for him originally to be in a in the announced blood and guts match. That does not appear to be the case right now, Chris. Yeah. Um. I thought if we're just going to talk about the match right quick. Uh, yeah, I, sure. I, I only, I mean, I really only watched the two mains from Forbidden Door. Like, Fair. People, people were talking about them. I was like, got a lot of wrestling to watch this week. I will make sure to at least catch those. This um, is why we do a lazy river. Go ahead. Yeah. So I thought that Danielson turned in just like an absolute gutsy performance coming. I mean, which is sort of obvious, but. Did you notice the arm? Not for a while. Okay. Uh, you, you you do start to see more favoring um, after the initial like first burst of adrenaline. And then he's being very careful towards the end um, and clever. 
And I just thought it added so much to the finish and add so much more narrative intrigue to where, where this is already scheduled to go is sort of like really quality improvisation on a song that's already been written. Um, like they, they knew where the match needed to go, but Danielson breaking his arm now adds into Okada's heel turn because he lost to a man with a broken arm. Like, you know, th- this adds to the Okada losing his step story. And meanwhile, when Danielson comes back, he is completely rebuilt as a heel from his losses uh, in the, you know, to MJF or whatever. He beat Okada with a broken arm. That basically- I think he comes back as a baby face, especially if they have any rights to do the final countdown over and over. Right. I mean, you know, that would be the smart move. At this I mean, point. he was not coming out for this match as a heel at all. No, and he wasn't really, you know, the, he did like an aftermatch thing where it was, you know, like not really in the Blackpool Combat Club yeah. either. So, I mean, you certainly could bring him back as a heel. Uh, we'll see where BCC is. I mean, maybe you have Don Callis basically boot Danielson out. Uh, yeah. Now that it looks like Callis is taking over BCC, that sort of thing. I think that's a good idea. What, uh, now, the only issue I had, but I had to kind of back off on it after finding out he had a broken arm. I didn't like the convulsions, the uh, the pretending that he had hit his head and he was having a seizure about it. That, yeah. But but seeing that that was probably a cover to try and give some time to plan some things um, with the broken arm, <clears throat> I'll allow it, Your Honor. <laughs> What you, you gotta do what you got. You gotta, you gotta do, do what you, you do. That guy do. Yeah. No, I, I mean, right. Like, if, if it was in a vacuum, not my favorite thing. Yeah. As a mechanism to buy time with a broken arm, perfectly. De- broken. Yeah. yeah de- like, de- definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, well, within you know, fair play. Oh, let me get back to my notes because I took out the window. Okay, here we go. Uh, last week, Vince McMahon made a lot of last-second changes to both Raw and SmackDown. You don't say. Yeah, no not way. like very Vince shows. Two minutes, two minute matches, move on to the next thing. Apparently, this had some people upset, and there was a sit down schedule between Nick Khan, Triple H, and Vince mm. on Monday. Did it look like to you on Monday that things were hashed out, or did Vince uh, put yeah, a line in the It sand? looked like you know Vince made them sit down like dogs. <laughs> And they went, wolf. I'll see about SmackDown. SmackDown definitely felt like Vince got into that show a lot. You know, three, the, the matches that were announced weren't on there. We're doing two-minute matches, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Raw this week, boy, Raw felt like every other go-home show for Money in the Bank in the past 10 years, to be honest with you. you know, here's the ladders. We're all looking up at the briefcase. None of us like each other. We end a fight. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, Chris Hero, agent in collision this past week and also at Forbidden Door. Me likey, Chris. Oh, and also Ring of Honor tapings, I believe. Me likey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, wrestling fans, wrestling fan. I want him to have a run, especially as as an... I really wanted him to be one of the opponents that uh, Cody Rhodes brought in on that initial uh, TNT title run he had where he was doing open challenges. Because I I got a chance to see Hero uh, before Cassius Ono, uh, after he got cut, after he got brought back, and then after he got cut again. The man's amazing in person. Maybe the brother doesn't like a treadmill, but I have weight issues. Can't knock him. I hate treadmills. But the dude can go in the ring. 
he's he was just i mean he's the the best comparison and i think the most lot he, he's a much more talented barry windham in my opinion he, he really is i mean in terms of his athleticism height all that other stuff he i mean he is so great to watch in person i'd love it for him to have one last run as a talent in aew even you know give me a case of wrestling uh reunion with claudio you know make him a tag team hell bring him in as 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 danielson's temporary replacement in blood and guts you know why not do that for me but uh no i'm very happy that chris hero is still working uh but again uh personally i, I i'd love to see him as a talent again yeah I, I would like to see him have one more you know go at it i always yeah. liked him yeah uh, shake up in the announcing department on in the Fed. Jackie Redman will take on an expanded role with the company beginning this Saturday, July 1st. That's tomorrow for you keeping score. Redman will serve as backstage interviewer for Monday Night Raw alongside Byron Saxton. Additionally, she will join Caleb Braxton to co-host WWE's premium live event kickoff shows with Booker T and Peter Rosenberg. Thoughts and prayers. Redman will also continue to do studio work throughout the year. More than 10 years of sports broadcasting experiment experience redmond has served as host and reporter for nhl network wbd sports and roger sportsman canada she began working with wwe in 2021 as co-host of raw talk and talking smack which nobody watches anymore during hockey that's, uh, that's still me. talking smack that's me that's me talking sorry during hockey season redmond will, <laughs> redmond will continue to work for nhl network and wbd sports megan morant is taking on an expanded full-time role on wwe stanford studios where she will host raw talk smackdown lowdown international shows for television and various digital shows including the monday night raw sidecast on twitch kathy kelly will move to friday night smackdown where she will join caleb braxton as a backstage interviewer now to editorialize a bit I think Kathy Kelly's not a Vince person. She left when Vince was at his most obnoxious. Triple H brought her back. I don't think Vince likes Kathy Kelly. I can't prove that. That's me doing reckless speculation, and I apologize. And maybe it's not a like thing. Maybe it's a look thing. I don't know. Um, But she's getting sent to SmackDown, so she still has a job. So what do I know? Maybe it's just I need to switch things up around here. Any any general thoughts on this, or should we move on? Move on. Okay. Uh, positive news. Sadie Gibbs making a return. Uh, not sure if you remember who Sadie Gibbs was. Do you? No. Who is Sadie? Okay. Sadie Gibbs in the in the infancy of AEW was the one with the hype packages that they gave her. She was the gymnast from Britain, I believe, and. Uh, I, I want to say that I might be, I might be dead wrong on that. I apologize. I should have done more show prep. I didn't, but no, Sadie, Sadie Gibbs was on, was, was pushed very early as a unsigned talent that nobody else had found. And then she was brought in to do all this athletic stuff. And I believe she immediately got hurt during it, but she was, she and Kylie Ray were really the two big prospects on the baby face side. Uh, when AEW was beginning, and of course Kylie Ray, uh, her issues got the better of her, and Sadie Gibbs just wasn't ready for prime time at that time. Also had a few issues. Also had a few injuries. But if you go back and watch like some of those early Dynamites, uh, she's on there, and her hype packages are on there, and she looked like, I mean, th- th- those those hype packages. I mean, they the two hype packages that I always think of 
with AEW that they did great on was that one. And the, if you remember the one with uh, Wardlow originally, where he's going to the parking lot, I believe Aaron Solo is one of the thugs in the parking lot. He just beats up all the guys after being dressed up in this nice clothing. I mean, they did a really, they used to do really good promo packages with videos with, with guys to make them seem like big deal. But since you don't know who she is, I will move on. Uh, pregnancies have gone uncongratulated on this show in the past couple of weeks. Some of your favorites will not be on TV for a while. In addition to uh, Ty Mello and, and Alexa Bliss, also add Billy Kay, Kylie Ray, and uh, Shake Them Ropes' personal favorite due to the improv connection, Vicky Dreamboat. So, uh, mazel mazel, good things. Numbers for this week: SmackDown two million three hundred fifty-four thousand point six one in the eighteen to forty-nine. I believe they were number two for the night uh, against a soccer game. I believe or footy, as we like to call it. Uh, AEW Rampage, 391,000 viewers. The second episode of AEW Collision, down, um, expectedly mostly, 595,000 viewers, 18 to 49.21. Raw, 1,973,000 viewers, a .61, a great number for them. The second highest of the year since the uh, Raw after WrestleMania, but it did better in the demo than that episode. NXT last night, uh, 600 or not last night on Tuesday, 622,000 viewers and dynamite this week, 809,000. Any thoughts coming out of those numbers for you, Chris, especially the second week of collision? What was the number on collision again? It was 595,000 compared to the 800 something thousand of the debut. And that's kind of where I thought they would settle in at. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, hmm. No. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm just trying to think like, is, is there anything to be gleaned with like dynamites, 800,000 and collisions, 500,000, um, you knew, you knew that like the initial punk bump wasn't going to last. Um, I think the question is, does this settle in more around the 400,000 mark? Well, they're doing interesting things. Cause I I'm comparing it more to rampage actually, where it's also on a Friday night. I mean, last week. Dynamite had shows on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which is preposterous for any fan to be able to keep up with. Um, but they've been loading up Rampage a little bit more. You're not just getting best friends matches on there. Uh, Collision, this week's going to be very interesting because Punk was un, uh, adver- was not advertised, but he's supposed to be on there. But advertised was that MJF's going to have a match on Collision. Your world champion. Let's see if he draws on Saturdays. I know it's probably unfair, but it's there, and we have to take a look at that. Um, well, and it's a fair move to make, given you're not actually asking the guy to wrestle all that often. <laughs> even him just being there. Yes. Like this is how Khan should be using him. Yeah, I, 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 I think I'm interested just in, well, because. Advertising the world champ, it did a number on Rampage a couple of times. Like, I remember there was a Mox number that was pretty good when he was champ. There was a Kenny Omega match uh, on a Rampage that did okay numbers. I just, I I am of the opinion that that a lot of WWE fans just watch Raw and a lot of AEW fans just watch Dynamite and that they'll watch the pay-per-views. And then if they can get to this other stuff on weekend days, which are kind of... Weekend shows are hard because you it's the weekend. 
I know that seems like an obvious thing to say, but people like to do stuff on weekends, not necessarily sit at home and watch television. There are anomalies, of course, the TGI Friday on ABC, Miami Vice on NBC at 10 p.m. Fridays, which is a death slot for any other show, but became a hit for, for NBC at that time and place. I I just it, it's one of those things where I think I think I think discerning viewers are starting to discern a little bit more, Chris. Well, I mean, why would you watch something on Saturday Night Live? I mean, or why would you watch Saturday Night Live, the show? But, like, what would be the draw for you to be watching live television on Saturday Night? On Saturday night? It's probably a sporting event, but you, because you're probably out and watching it out in public. Uh, I, I think there's just a real ceiling to, you know, mass appeal and also people who stay at home and watch wrestling in the year 2023. Uh, agreed. Um, and there's a lot of wrestling to pick from. And that, you know, that makes it something. Uh, so that'll do it for the mailbag. Mailbag shit. I always say that. I news. No, I want people to send fan mail. That'd yeah, no, no. Fun. Send questions, comments to Chris Novan Brino or Dr. Underscore Nova at Instagram. DM him all your things. At Instagram. Yeah. On he, the Instagram. Just just all those yeah. all those messages. And he he will organize them and bring them to this show and ask me. It'll yeah, be great. Yeah, no, you, you, we'll call it Novi's Mailbag. And yes, I'm yes, theme song. yes. Be like, yeah, we'll get you all pumped. We'll get you all Novi's Mailbag. Yeah. Closed oh, on Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. And we'll get you a puppet sidekick. It'll be great. Canny. Canny will co-host the Canny, Mailbag yeah. oh, with you. Oh, man, that'd be great. Should we get a sponsor? This the show's good. Off the rails already. No, this show does <laughs> not suck, and this show is good, and we did a good job again. Okay. Uh, now, the lazy river of wrestling criticism, whatever we watch on this massive, massive week of professional wrestling, whatever comes to mind, uh, whatever we think of, it'll go here. Uh, we both have ice cold takes on a pay-per-view from Sunday, and a preview of uh, Money in the Bank on Saturday. So I will start with the ice cold takes because they will be quick. I did, in fact, pay full freight for Forbidden Door. I quite enjoyed it. Um, and I really enjoyed Zero Hour, which, despite making it a far longer night <laughs> than ever should have, there was some pretty good stuff here. The, the, uh, Athena is just on the run of her career. Uh Color me a fan of El Phantasmo. Um, ELP is great, and I really enjoyed the match between he and Stu. <laughs> Stu Grayson. I always get Stu Grayson mixed up with Stu Grimsom, the former enforcer of the Los Angeles Kings, but he's Stu Grayson of, of formerly of um, the Dark Order. The Dark Order, which we will get into a little bit, probably, if we talk Dynamite here. No, yeah, I, 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 I want to talk uh, about He is now a member of the Righteous, an act. I kind of like the Righteous. Just their gimmick. I don't necessarily need them as wrestlers, but I dig, I dig the gimmick. Um, <laughs> I dig Vincent and the music and everything. It's cool. Uh, the main card, look, it was spectacular. There wasn't a dud in the entire thing, in my opinion. Um, thought the women's match was solid. I thought... I thought the one thing, you know, don't ask Sting to do timing spots in his mid sixties because he got hit hard on a, on a, I want to say six fifty by Sammy Guevara outside on the table, um, but that entire match that was a lot of fun, even though it was in the dead spot. Uh, look, Osprey and Omega, fun match. 
Uncle Dave gave it six stars. Okay. Um, he also said it was a clean finish, to which I took some heat on on uh, on the Twitters today because I think if you get hit with a screwdriver and you got Don Callis screwing around, getting thrown out and coming back, not really a clean technical wrestling thing, but I understand the pin. <laughs> it's like that scene in Fletch. Well, uh, he died suddenly. It was such a shame. Well, he's been he had cancer and been dying for four years. Yeah, but the end it was sudden. It was clean at the end. It wasn't clean throughout the entire match. Um, if you didn't think it was the greatest match in wrestling history, I think you should be able to criticize professional wrestling and watch actual pro wrestling, unlike some people on the internet. Uh, take my little dig there at the pretentious gatekeeping at times. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there. what else was on this show, Chris? Do you have the card in front of you by chance? Uh, I don't have the card in front okay, of me. Okay, let me find it real quick here because I'll vamp a bit here. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Osprey Omega? Because you watched it. You said you I did. Um, look, uh, I didn't see their first match, and so I felt like there was missing context. So absent that missing context, I thought it was entertaining, but to your point, right, like I when I'm going to give – five stars are out or even sort of cusp into the five star range okay um no no, no hold on hold on Wait, what I, did i call elp earlier did i call him el phantasmo I, I don't know but like, well he's el phantasmo if i screwed that good. up no that's good that's good i'm gonna complete the circuit now can okay. i are we yes. good yeah hey, can i yeah get in go here i go you give me the power you give me i'm gonna give it the juice you have the conch piggy i, I have the conch yes when i am considering anything in the like four and a half or five star range there is usually very little interference in those matches because though that sort of rating for me has a big emphasis on the storytelling and the technical wrestling in there you know a really story plot heavy sort of match where we're doing stuff on the outside. It wasn't like it's mega heavy, but it was, you know, you have Don Callis outside with two mystery men. Like who are the mystery men is like the, the big entry here. Right. And still. I, I, yeah. And they never paid it off, but I swear right. one of them was a uh, J.R. Kratos. And I think the other one was Lance storm. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was Lance storm uh, uncredited because he works for TNA, but it looked like Lance Storm. Right. Him. Well, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, who, yeah. who is going to say Callis? It was a MacGuffin. Having all of that stuff in there for me inherently puts the ceiling in the rating uh, of the rating of this match at like four and a quarter maximum. Right. And and then like, that would be like, if it was like killer from there and for me, it was good. So I was like, you know, a four-star match. It, it was, you know, gimmicky, callous is hammy, you know, and I think that it was good to get the belt off of Omega so that you could focus in on this. And I mean, a quality trade-off, I, I think AEW in terms of what they got out of the card with um, Omega and Danielson, that, I mean, they, that was such a solid piece of business for both companies. Uh, and I think AEW probably even has a stronger character in Danielson coming out of this. Okay, quick hits. Mogul Embassy against Chaos. Great match. Enjoyed it. I, I I liked the Mogul Embassy with Swerve. Swerve being the workhorse and the other two guys. Not the biggest Brian Cage fan in the world, but it was fun. Athena being Billy Starks. Liked it. Athena's on the run of her life. Phantasmo and Grayson, again, already said something about that. Uh, Los Ingobernables de Japan versus United Empire. 
fun match. Good to see TJP in a major, major organization again. I know he's been in New Japan for a while. I get it. He has some terrible thoughts, but or, or takes on vaccines and stuff. But, you know, I enjoyed the match. That's all that matters. MJF versus Tanahashi. Uh, Tanahashi is like pizza. Even bad pizza is good. Tanahashi was hurting, I think, from doing back-to-back matches. Uh, I, I I liked it, though. It was fun. MJF is always fun. Um, he's just a pure heel. He's just total gimmick heel. And I, I he doesn't have to, this didn't have to be a work rate match. I liked it. Punk and Kojima. Love this. I love that he was using both Kojima and Tenzan's moves against him. Punk decided to play heel and do Hogan cosplay in Toronto. I loved it. I think he's, I think he's perfect to heal on the elite type fans. And uh, maybe he's a baby face over in the, uh, on the other show. I'm kind of, I'm kind of digging what they're doing, the vibe here with them. Um, the four way for the international title, Cat Orange Cassidy and Daniel Garcia are great. And Zack Sabre Jr. And, and Shibata are great too. I mean, everything about this match I loved and I love Orange Cassidy now. So great. Uh, Sonata and Jungle, and Jungle Boy Jack Perry, I thought it over-delivered. I know that there, there's the New Japan purists don't like Sonata. They think he kind of half-asses it out there. Uh, I thought I thought it over-delivered. I thought Jack Perry did great, and I loved the turn against Hook after the match. I thought that was really good. The the 10-man tag, you know, what are you going to say? Spectacular stuff from, from everybody involved. And I was, I was definitely shocked that Ishii got the pin. Because usually they just beat him every time he's in there. He's the guy to beat, and of course they... You know, Wednesday night, they come back and beat him. But nevertheless, it was good to see Ishii get a win in AEW for once. Uh, Storm and Nightingale, fun match. Tony Storm's great. You know, love. And and Willow was really good in this match, too. So nothing wrong with that. And, of course, I've talked about the other three matches. So uh, that is uh, the cleanup from there. Hey, let's get something from Chris on the uh, Lazy River before we go into our preview on Money in the Bank. Go ahead, Chris. Sure. So uh, let's talk about the Adam Page and <laughs> Dark Order drums here before. Please. Um, I think it is a really interesting choice of characterization and, and personally very funny that <clears throat> Dark Order <clears throat> are like not justified in walking away from Blackpool Combat Club after all this time uh when when blackpool combat club comes out and starts beating up on the bucks and page the dark order don't actually join in they walk away which is kind of what page did to them for literally months and is their whole point and i thought it was a really questionable bit of characterization. Like if you're going to make them heal, make them heal. Uh, this anguish where Paige is looking at the dark order, this melodrama, pfft, nonsense. Go oh, away. I'm going to one up you here. Even Chris, this entire story had casting going back and forth as to who were the good guys and who were the bad guys. Right. 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 Like, yeah. Like if you go back to the Omega page title match or whatever, there is literally no way to look at the bucks as the good guys between dark order and the young bucks. And even now as baby faces, they are always dickheads. Yes. I know that's always, 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 always this entire vignette, this entire vignette to to set up this man. act like they're dead. Like, okay. I mean, if you, you like if you and I hadn't been friends for a minute, I don't know, because we had had some sort of falling out. And like during that time, 
like the intervening year, you had made a new really good friend. And then all of a sudden, like I'm back in the picture and I'm acting like this guy is just like a jerk. Like, or like he's a new good friend, but he's nerdy. Let's say. Like, okay. So uh, yeah, like, uh, like, well, like, before you put nerdy, I was going to say, so you, so I've befriended Joe Lanza and you don't like it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it, it's something like, uh, you know, I, he, you know, he, he's like not just nerdy, but you know, I mean like socially awkward, sort of yes. like, a weird, a weird, like wet fart in the conversations at times or whatever. Um, but he's like a good friend or whatever. Okay. And I am being a perpetual dick to him. I'm the jerk in this situation. Yes. Like I, it's not like, you know, like what am I basically saying? The, the reason the bucks don't like the dark order essentially is because they don't dress quote unquote cool. Like, <laughs> you know, this is an eighties, but this is Patrick Dempsey and can't buy me love. Yeah, this like, is, like they're like is, the sweater vest bunch, and like the young bucks are like the '80s yeah, version of cool, yeah, or or Mean Girls, or or Heather's, or any of these other things. But they're where, the baby faces. It's like if the Mean Girls were the good guys, <laughs> which is ridiculous. It's it's like yeah, I'm I'm gonna go hang out with my cool friends. Screw you, nerds playing D and D in the Dark Order. I'm with the Jock Crew now, and I want to keep their friendships. I'm gonna so so we get that, and then and then and then we're like, oh, I'm supposed to boo. The Dark Order for saying, "Hey, we want to fight you." And I thought, by the way, let, let's give some props here. I thought Alex Reynolds was fa- and Una were fantastic. Oh, God, in no, I, I thought so too. I, I, I mean, their their promo to me came off completely baby yes. because yes. their logic is one hundred percent airtight. It, you have not been. I'm answering our calls, wanting to hang out with us, always blowing us off. You never have time for us. A television interview is more interesting than talking to us. Making fun of us when we say hi to you in the hallway. Yeah. like yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, there have been any number of times you've slighted us. Like, no, tonight, apparently we need to slap you to get your respect. Like, I thought it was, I thought it was perfectly good. And uh, then we get to the match. And we have we have Silver calling out Hangman saying, come on, let's bring it. And we're supposed to be booing the Dark Order, but this Canadian crowd loves the Canadians, all of whom are Dark Order. So they start cheering them. And of course, while the while the Dark Order are trying to get over his heels, we have the Bucks doing things like putting out cigarettes on the back of Uno before they pile drive them and stuff. And we have emo weak, weak sauce cowboy. I, my I can't I can't make a decision on this like you were just being a jerk to them <laughs> no, I, I mean it's like you're just being a jerk on it but like there at a certain point this sort of like moral anguish to me comes off as really unattractive and like weak and obnoxious and heelish uh you know it like this is not that hard of a moral situation Adam but you know you should have been a better friend like you know what I mean like it's it's like this is like I haven't called my my mom in four months, and I'm having a dark night of the soul wandering the streets at midnight. Call your effing mom. Yeah, just call her. Like like this isn't this isn't like a complicated calculus where you know or a trolley car problem where one will die or five will be saved. Like you know you know what this simple. is. Don't be a dick. Yeah yeah. During the match, this is this is the guy who's dating two women, and he doesn't want to dump one of them. He just, so he's going to lead them both on in a way, but he really likes, he really likes the girl who's bad for him, but she's hot, but here's the woman who will stand by him and, 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 you know, has been supportive of him through like John Mulaney's wife. Uh, 
Batman has said, look, I will support you through your dark days while you're going through rehab. He's like, no, I want to bang Olivia Munn. <laughs> She's hot. <laughs> but but I want to keep you as a wife. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Pick one and live with your decision, Hangman Adam Page. As I go through the worst simile ever. No, I, I just, it, I found this writing to be really funny that I, I'm assuming that the Bucks and Paige are largely the architects of this narrative. So yes. they want to be the baby faces coming out of this, but they, they have, have done passive, aggressive absolutely jerks. nothing. And look, I'm not going to get into the psychological analysis here, but like, I think it is really interesting that when tasked with a writing challenge somehow they managed to write themselves as passive aggressive jerks <laughs> well that's not what i mean on the show yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't mean no. in real life i meant on the, no, no, sh- no, on no, the no. show i mean like that but that's the rap on the sheets yes. right? yeah. and, yeah. no, I, and that was in my head as i'm watching this going like well, you wrote yourselves as jerks you realize that right like you, you it, <laughs> it, it, it's like writing it's always sunny in philadelphia and not realizing that max a dickhead <laughs> write what you know <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, it's like, well, how do you want to character ourselves well let's let's just be aggressive but we're still friendly with adam page but we kind of don't like them ah passive aggressive jerks sure thing buddy here we go i just went i just I go, oh my god i just like I, I mean and they're basically the bucks are yelling at adam the whole time turn on your friends which yes. is quintessential heel stuff yes. you really get down to it like we won't they, let you sit at a lunch table anymore if you don't disown the no nerds. respect for the fact that these guys were his friend. Yes. They weren't. That, like, when he had nobody, he had the Dark Order. Uh, and the Bucks are on the other side of the ring just going, like, kill him, kill him, put him down. They mean nothing. You know who loves this story nerds. the most is, I bet Vince McMahon is watching this story going, Vince come on, this. Hangman, you have Absolutely. no friends. Grab the brass ring, you jerk. I want to sign you over here. He's watching this and going, this is brilliant long-term storytelling. This is great. This, losers. This is and now, he's, and now he's stabbing the loser guys in the neck. That's <laughs> great. This, this is a baby face. Gets on his Twitter burner. This is cinema. Retweet. <laughs> What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package it's not just about the home security though the eufy video smart lock e330 is also for convenience no more worrying about losing keys you can let each member of your family get a password you can monitor their movement in and out of the house you can keep an eye on your packages you can check in on your house while you're away there is so much you can do with this product best of all it is easy to install and set up all you need is a phillips screwdriver leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four-month lifespan, two-way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24-7 customer support, and you'll love this, none of those pesky monthly fees. 
Eufy sent me a Smart Lock 330, and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock yuffieofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill <laughs> the match itself was great. I, 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 no, I, I really liked the match. I, and, I love and, the Dark Order's finish. That that whole you know kick, uh, belly to back, dive over, pin the legs behind him type thing. It only gets a two most of the time, unless it's a jobber team. But man, I I loved I, they they gel so well together. And Alex Reynolds, I love that Tony Schiavone always points out how good he is because he doesn't get enough credit versus the characters. But I thought he was fantastic in this match too. He he's the one guy who sees through Adam Page. Yeah, just, I'm just gonna punch him in the face because he was a jerk. You guys can have your moral quandaries too, but I do want to fight him. Bring it, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, I I, really I, I know. I just watched this whole thing and just went, "This is one of the more. It's a great angle. It's really compelling, but it's." one of the more miscast angles in a long time because this should have been Adam Page's heel turn. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I, particularly with the completely incoherent justification of, dude, somebody had to fight Blackpool Combat Club. It, you know, it's, it's, it, was, it was a really, it was like non sequitur. Like, no, actually, no one had to. They were just there. You know what, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend what, 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 uh, the Dark Order did because if you remember, uh, Mox beat the living crap out of most of those Blackpool Combat Club guys. So why would they jump in and help them when they were when uh, or, oh, or even the Dark Order guys? Right? No, no, yeah. no. There, there was a time where Mox beat the crap out of all the Dark Order guys, and Paige did nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's it's one hundred percent fair play to you. Um, this is this is a taste of what you did to us so many times. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I just, it really, it, it, a very entertaining match with like hilariously baffling writing uh-huh. when you consider what the week to week has been. Moving on to WWE Money in the Bank from Jolly Old England early tomorrow morning. Uh, <laughs> it may be over by the time you listen to this, to be honest with you, but, uh, We'll preview it anyways and see if how we did in terms of our results. Seven matches on the card. 
starting with for the WWE Intercontinental Championship, Gunther versus Matt Riddle. Boy, I liked that Gunther versus Sami Zayn match until I didn't, but uh, Gunther is a national treasure, and we should keep him as long as we can. Uh, I think he wins this. Yeah, Gunther's winning this. Okay. Uh, You're newly unified, somewhat, tag team titles on, on the women's side. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler beating Chris's favorite team, Isla Dawn and, uh, <laughs> and Alba Fire for the NXE titles as well. So we've united those, but they'll be taking on the team of Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez. Any chances of a uh, title change here or no? Uh, no, I, I don't think we're going to live forever. I don't think so either. I don't think we're going to live till Tuesday. Um, <laughs> Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley in a singles match. And what has been a very entertaining build for me. Ah, uh, look, I know Dominic Mysterio isn't the best wrestler in the world. But he's getting so much heat. And even if it's somehow everybody's in on the heat, it's still heat. And it's still pretty damn great. And I think, I think Mommy's going to interfere a bit in this match. But I think Cody Rhodes eventually wins. I hope he does. They can't give him the loss here unless Brock comes out and kills him. But Brock's going to come out and kill him at some point in this match, I think. Man, I I, I don't know. Because I could totally see Dominic winning this match. But it's not, It's it, I mean, with Brock interference? Yeah, of course. Okay, like, that's what I meant. No, no, he's going to go over clean like Osprey. Well, you know, <laughs> well, you know, Rhea hits him in the nuts. Dominic rolls him up for the pin one two three, which Dave would then call a clean win. Yeah, no, I, I'm <laughs> saying, I'm saying, like, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of extras here, right? But I think there's a pathway for Dominic to get the win. And oh yeah, he's, I, he's you know what? That's that's what's going to happen. Dominic yeah. Dominic's going to get the win, but it's just going to be because Brock comes out and it's going to be that Weasley, and the, they're going to get the heat on him. And everybody's gonna be and I beat Cody Rhodes yes. all by myself. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. He beat, yeah, I beat him all. Yeah, the Miz push is what we like to call this. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. He's he's. <laughs> it's entertaining to watch the listen to the booze because you're just amazed by it. And we'll get into another crowd reaction that has just been amazing in many ways in a bit. Uh the bloodline of Roman Reigns and Sola Sokoa with Paul Heyman versus the Usos, Jay and Jimmy, in a bloodline civil war tag team match. What that means, I'm not quite sure. I originally had a bit here where I was going to play some Ken Burns Civil War music while acting like a Dearest wife, it has been a long three years since we've been trudging through this Bloodline storyline, and I am also very tired, but I write to you in hopes. (laughs) In Chancellorsville, we were were repelled by the forces of the wise man but we linger on and our 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 resolve is steady please send coffee and hardtack and tell velma the mule i love her tell velma the mule i love her (laughs) she'll know what it means (laughs) impromptu shake the ropes theater people have been asking for it for years and it just comes up there oh good lord uh (laughs) <laughs> how do you find this match god we're ridiculous how does this match go um i i mean it's gotta be it, lots of drums around like playing for the heart of solo i i mean oh yeah 
Uh, no, I, it's going to be. No, you're right. It, 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 in a sense, it's going to be very similar to what we saw on AEW here with um, Adam Page and the melodrama. Of oh, the there's going to be some acting in this. Oh, acting. Yes. And, like you're going to have Roman like yelling at him stuff. And like eventually, eventually Solo is going to destroy them both, I think. I, do you I think don't... he loses it here or do we just set the seeds for it? I think he loses. I think he destroys his brothers here. I think like Roman. You mean, turns you, you mean Jer- Jimmy and Jay? Yeah, I think Ro- no, no. I think Roman turns him into a monster here. Like oh, this. Okay, this, I thought I thought yeah, you were saying solo. They, they, no, they do the they do the thing that you should do in this situation where you have like the compelling friends on one side and the conflicted person on the other. You break them bad, uh, and I think solo will turn into a monster and Roman will now be enjoying, you know, his Matanza, so to say, uh, to do a callback to Lucha Underground. Do we see another uh, member of the bloodline here join? Is there a Samoan somewhere getting trained? Uh, say, let's say Jimmy Fatu. Does he get signed and appear here? I don't think that, but you never know. Uh, I'll say no. Just to no, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's another member or if there is, like oh it, I, they're I think like I a hench they're uh what was that guy uh what uh didn't they have a member of the family who uh was doing like the bleach blonde hair thing was that guy kona kona reeves i don't think kona reeves was a member of the family no. oh, okay oh, okay um, i think it's sean maluda was like a sean maluda sean that's right like sean maluda like you could have him as like a henchy so like now you have like monster monster solo and like you bring back Sean Maluda's like the henchy or something like that. Okay, hear me out. I think I know the end of this. Roman accidentally spears solo. And quote unquote accidentally. He gets all mad at Roman. And you know, or, or he's just discombobulated. He's acting, and you know, Jimmy and Jay show compassion to Solo. But it's all a ruse, and then Solo takes advantage of their compassion. He just absolutely just, you know, Samoan spikes both of them. Roman gets the pin. Ha, ha, ha. There we go. But but it, but it sets the seeds for, wait a second, why why, why why did you spear me type of a thing? But it, but they don't pay it off yet. Yeah, I, I think you're right, though. I, th- I think Solo just becomes unre- an unrepentant monster here and starts killing his brothers. I think, I think some, but he's, but either Jimmy or Jay is going to be Adam Page here. Right? Oh, uh, no, Jey yeah. Uso. Jey yeah. Uso. No, well, I mean, I guess you've been now moving the plot through Jimmy, who, as we all know, has been the narrative focus of this entire three years. <laughs> <laughs> Lo, this many three years of this bloodline civil war. They, they did They did twin magic on the storyline. Yeah. They, they rolled one guy out of the ring and rolled the other one in. Yeah, when Jimmy was Jimmy was the was was the was the devil on the shoulder, not the angel on Jay's shoulder. What are you doing? Um, a lot of strong riding. Seth friggin' Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. I think uh, Seth friggin' Rollins uh, retains here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hate his character so much. I you know see? it's this is like, but this match is gonna slap. This match is gonna be great. I, I know it, 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 this is the thing is like the matches have actually all been good, and I have to just disconnect the theme song, which I've been over is like like a grindcore seven nation army, and this like Joker character thing that he does that is horrible, um, and not 
it has had go away heat for me for years now. Uh, the matches are good. He does a lot of good in ring work. I, I actually have been thinking very highly of what he's been turning in. I just have to really shut off the other stuff. I'm not- going to be interested in the audience for Finn Balor. Since it's in the UK. I'm wondering if they do a little uh, dipsy do here. Maybe, maybe this is where Finn Balor breaks off from the Judgment Day. Maybe, uh, maybe this is where we get JD McDonough joining the Judgment Day and then turning on Finn to take leadership, much like AJ Styles taking leadership of the Bullet Club. I don't know, but something's up with Finn here. I don't know what it is though. <clears throat> Women's Money in the Bank ladder match: Zelina Vega versus Becky Lynch. Versus Zoe Stark, versus Aunt Pam, versus EO Sky, versus 46 year old Trish Stratus, <laughs> who is still knocking it out of the park, but 46 years old in a ladder match on a, on a, on a, uh, on a vanity run. Good for her. Ladder matches are dangerous. Who do you got taking the briefcase here, Chris? I think she's winning it. You think Trish is winning this? Okay. Yeah, because that, that 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 keeps her like she doesn't need to wrestle nearly as much, so they can just kind of keep her off when they want to use it, it. It allows for a lot more smoke and mirrors for how they want to use Trish going forward. She can be a manager, have the briefcase. She can like talk about letting someone else cash in the briefcase and use it as like a prop that way. I'm going with Trish. I think that's the second strongest pick here. I think. Becky and Rhea eventually have a date. And I don't think Becky needs the briefcase. Of course, she was holding at the end of Raw. You don't need, I mean, that does me a tell. I am going with EO Sky here to cash in on Asuka at some point and possibly cash in unsuccessfully. Probably because of Bailey then as well. But I do think we get some, I think, I think the the finish of this match, look, I think, I think, of course, Zoe and Trish work together as a unit until they don't. Bailey and EO work together as a unit until there's a point where 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 Bailey wants the briefcase and EO takes it from her, or Bailey tries to take it for her at the last minute. She gets knocked off the ladder. But I think EO Sky gets this, and it's it's for an Oscar program of some sorts. And uh I think we we finally get the split of EO and Bailey here. Oh, I think so. I just don't think uh I don't think Zoe and Treasure falling apart, or if okay. they do, it's that Trish is going to basically, you know, push uh, push Zoe to the side to, in, in an effort to get the briefcase. Essentially, this is all part of uh, her ultimate opportunist sort of plan. Zoe has a new theme song with uh, NXT's Alicia Taylor playing the drums. It's, uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, Alicia Taylor's great on the drums. Love her. Uh, and then to finish off the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, I'll let you go first on this one. Ricochet versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus L.A. Knight. By the way, a, a, a friend of a kid's of mine goes, I know wrestlers, and he imitated L.A. Knight, Chris. Yeah. I am, I am shocked by this. Dude, yeah. dude, no, I, I mean, yeah, he he's popular. He, he's, he is. Uh, he's versus, Santos, popular. Yeah, versus Santos Escobar versus Butch versus Damian Priest versus Logan Paul. Who you got, Chris? I think they're going with Logan Paul. I, I, know, I know we want L.A. Knight to get the briefcase. I know it makes sense, but especially if we are in Vince WWE mode, he's going with the biggest stars. The Logan. 
Yeah, the the uh, the evolution of this match has been interesting. Because if you told me originally he was going to get this, I would have told you this was where they split off Damian Priest from the Judgment Day. Right, right. And it looked they were like they were going that way, especially for the time served and the and the great job he did with Bad Bunny. And then L.A. Knight caught fire. And it, I won't say he was a popular pick amongst people I talked to, but he was definitely up there because, you know, he's the kind of guy, he's not really considered a great wrestler by a lot of the fans, but he is a popular wrestler by a lot of the fans. And uh, he's gotten over with his mouth. I I know. Is he Kenny Omega? No. Is he more well-known than Kenny Omega? Maybe. Bigger audience. Who knows? But anyways, but then Logan Paul entered the picture. And he's had the history with Seth. People want to boo him. What better way to both get a lot of mainstream pub and also piss off a lot of your fans, which is what Vince loves to do for sport, than to give it to Logan Paul, who possibly cashes in at the end of the night and becomes a transitional champion of some sort. I'm not saying that. He may he may wait for, I don't know, a Saudi Arabia show to cash in and do a match there. He may wait for Mania. But... I think Logan Paul is eventually going to successfully cash in this briefcase at some point. But so I have Logan Paul as well. I think this match is going to be amazing. Looking at the guys who are in it, uh, you know, between Santos, Logan, Ricochet. It's one of the more stacked money in the banks in a long time, especially with the high flyers with, you know, Lucha Underground alumni, Prince Puma and uh, King Cuerno. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got Shinsuke Nakamura nice. here. I mean, he's not going to be high flying, but uh, you know, you've got a lot of quality talents. Logan Paul loves his high spots too. So oh yeah. You can imagine coordination between Ricochet, Paul, and now Santos to do like just some, like a couple of incredible. Yeah, I mean, pieces. you remember the spot Ricochet and Logan did in the Royal Rumble. Right? I know, right? The John no, Woo spot, yeah. Imagine that re-raised with the third person. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of here for that. Also, look, if LA Knight wins this, I'm I'm here for the guy who nobody likes and was fired by the company coming in here and winning the briefcase. It's kind of, look, I get it. it it's a uh, oh, Damian Sandow type move. But Damian Sandow got his flowers getting the briefcase. So I'm happy with that. I, I uh, yeah, he, he probably shouldn't. I mean, they treat him like a jerk, but, you know, he got the briefcase. So, um, like, like I'm, I'm happy with, with almost anybody in this match winning this briefcase at any point. But, uh, yeah, that'll be uh, Money Bank. That'll be tomorrow. Uh, Chris, anything in, in your uh, Lazy River? Um, let me see what else happened on Dynamite. Um, oh, I thought the main event was really entertaining. I thought the the home stretch Ooh. with with Sting and Jericho, you got a grade on a curve, obviously. But Ooh. man, man, they were entertaining. Come on now, like I, I I really I really enjoyed that. Um, that that was a that was a really quality little match. Chris and Sting is sixty four years old. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. What the to f think about that? And he hit that table full flush. 
in the ribs, it looked like. In fact, I don't know if he, someone was telling me he hit the ground first and then hit the table. Doesn't matter. It looks like he went ribs first into that table. And it looked like it absolutely sucked to me. But Tom Cruise is 60, Sting is 64. And they both have just decided we have, we have nothing to live for. <laughs> we we don't care about our lives or retirement. We we don't have a four hundred one k. The hell with this. I'm jumping off a ladder from the ring <laughs> to two tables where Sammy is in the middle of both tables. He's not even a flush on the table. He's in between the. T- I am just like I am shocked. This puts the Terry Funk middle age crazy run to shame in some ways. I mean, look is is he the greatest wrestler in the world? No. No, he, but like the, the amount of risk and like yes. work that he's going to put into matches regularly during this run is curve. great on a curve. Uh, great on a curve, and it's his his gamedness is just it's flabbergasting. I every time I see him doing his thing, I'm you know he's at like you know one of the most over baby faces on the TV for me because I'm like, dude, that guy's sixty four and he's doing that. I've been watching him do this his whole life or my whole life, and. The fact that he's still entertaining like this, it's like nostalgic, but like yeah. also now there's this novelty of seeing it's not, it's not what it was, but what it is now is different and yes. interesting and compelling and cool in its own way. It's the end of the wild bunch. It's not like it used to be, but it'll do. <laughs> I would not be surprised between the match on, uh, or not collision, but on, uh, on, on forbidden door and this match, Maybe he gets a little bit of a vacation. <laughs> he has been taking a beating in the past few. Uh, I will stay on Dynamite and give you a few quick hits here. Uh, I loved Angelo Parker's cell on the uh, on the orange punch. That thing was so beautiful. And he just laid out so great. I, I wrote, Look, I enjoyed that. But 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, come on. That's my wheelhouse. I love that. I liked the Jungle Boy promo. Was it high art? No. But I'm grading on a curve with Jungle Boy, who brought absolutely nothing to that Pillars four-way in terms of promo work. It was a start. And it looked like he had some legitimate anger behind there, like he had something he wanted to say to people. And I dug it. Yeah, okay. It started to get there for me. And I think the real nut of this thing working for me is going to be the interplay with Taz. Jungle Boy needs to be... Not overtly, but subtextually very jealous of Hook and Taz's relationship. Uh, Oh, I like that. Yeah, that that like a big, that this is not about the belt. Like, because I mean, and and you've kind of laid a lot of the rails. Like, it's not even a recognized belt. It's like, okay, so then what this is really about then, dude. Is your dad. It's your dad. It's your dad. Oh, Oh, that's pretty. I need to I need to bring that up to we we came up with another idea on the dynamite show. I'm gonna throw this out for you. Is that he eventually because he brought up Anna J in the promo that the JAS becomes the Jack Appreciation Society. And he oh. joins to lead them and he, he forces Jericho out of there. And he's here to take the leadership role and he's ready to go full on sports entertainment as well. That would be a good way to go. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. But no, I I I don't I would I'd go personal. Uh, I'd eventually have. The I'd Jerry have Jerry Jarrett version. Personal issues draw money. I'm here for it. Yeah, no, and I mean, I would have Hook basically have the 
the title of your dad moment and he chooses his dad and that's how Perry gets the title. Huh. Okay. I, I can dig that. Um, yeah. And the other, and the other pro I loved Ruby riots promo. I think Ruby riot has a great grasp of what she's doing here as a heel in AEW much more so than when she was what she was doing in, in WWE before she got cut. I, you could pull your head out of the toilet for a moment and listen to me. Great lines. I think she's the natural leader for this outcast faction. And I just, I just thought she did solid work on the mic. Both these shows, like I, I, I told you this before the, before the, we went to air collision was great for me. I love collision. I think it, they did promos before the matches, much like Saturday night's main event. I thought that was a good move. I think their interplay of promos and wrestling is really, really strong over on the Saturday show. And I think the style of wrestling isn't as indie-rific as as Wednesday. It's a little bit more punch-kick-suplex, which appeals to me. I think what they're doing with Andrade is some great stuff versus the, uh, versus the I, won't call them, I almost call them the Dark Triangle, uh, the House of Black. Oh, I, I think that's a I think that's a fun feud going on. I I think both AEW shows have something for everybody, and I think it's also I'm going to kind of rescind my. There's no stylistic choice here for now because it feels like there is a stylistic choice, even if they're not hyping it up. And I think it's enough of a difference for me to see fans of different shows as they go on but that's pretty much what i have i did not watch nxt this i mean the the one other thing i thought was kind of interesting is you did hear in the dark order match a quick moment of a cm punk chance and they got booed they got booed out but like yeah i'm like okay all right just just take a note just take a note of when these things happen yeah i I, uh it was interesting because they were he was getting booze during a forbidden door as well and you're kind of like okay the elite fans do not like punk at all. And he will bask in that and he will soak in it. But it's going to be a dangerous game to then go over to collision and play the super white hot baby face, which is why I think, which is why I was kind of expecting on, on the pilot of the show to be like the end of the shield pilot, where you find out Vic Mackey is the bad guy in this show as a dirty cop. And, and, and we go from there, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, did you watch NXT at all? No, no, I did not either. I, I needed I needed a week off from from that show. So we were a little lazy on the lazy river this week. We'll do better next week. Ah, uh, but will they? But will they? But will they? <laughs> the bloodline civil war. Maybe maybe we'll do something in post about that later. Uh you can follow me at crap game thirteen. You can follow Chris at Doctor No D O C T O R underscore N O V on the Instagram. You can just follow the show on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. I only update that site when the shows go out. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Shows for any kind of fandom, including the Five Star Match Game Game Show, Good, the Bad, the Hungy. You've got to be kidding me, which is a TNA retrospective podcast, and of course the flagship with Rich and Joe, who are never short of opinions either. If you like what I do, and hey, why wouldn't you? Or even if you hate what I do and just want to listen to more of me and hate me, come over to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia for five bucks a month. More podcasts of people who are very opinionated, but I do a show on Wednesday nights about 10 minutes after Dynamite goes off the air. We record Call of All Things, the Dynamite Show, which is all things AEW, a thorough deconstruction with Paul Ace Fontaine, and it 
hits your podcast feeds about 90 minutes after Dynamite ends. And uh, that's what I have. Chris, what do you have? Uh, I have the final week of my Jimi Hendrix lecture series. You can get it archivally here. Each one of the, each uh, session was two hours long. Uh, first week covered Jimi Hendrix's early biography. Second week covered Are You Experience? This week covered Axis Bold as Love, which is actually my favorite album of his. And next week we talk about Electric Ladyland and also Band of Gypsies and some of his uh, post, his post, uh, you know, like Jimi Hendrix experience time and, you know, the untimely demise of Jimi Hendrix and what he would have been doing. So if you're interested in that or guitar lessons, I had somebody reach out this week. Please hit me up on Instagram at Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V on Instagram. Should I do something to pretend like I didn't hit stop as opposed to last week where I didn't hit stop? Stop. Hello there, my name's Neil David and I'm the host of Eurograps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North. We don't care. We talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapsEXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 